Welcome to the Omnis Investment Club podcast. This podcast is for information only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. If you have any questions, please contact your financial advisor. Welcome to the Omnis Investment Club podcast. I'm Rohit Vaswani from Omnis Investments and here to take you through what's happened in markets last week. Now, last week was all about the UK. Markets did not react kindly to the announcements made by the Chancellor on Friday 23rd September and we saw instability in UK financial markets, particularly in UK government bonds and the British pound. Now last Friday on 30th September, I hosted a webinar with four experts to discuss exactly what had happened during the week in the UK. For today's podcast, I'll do a quick run through of what happened outside of the UK and then give you a few snapshots from our discussion on Friday that covers the UK market. So let's get straight into it. The S&P 500 in the US fell almost 3% during the week. Sentiment was rocked by the turmoil in UK markets and signs that inflation remains elevated, paving the way for the Federal Reserve, which is the US central bank, to continue raising interest rates aggressively to tackle inflation. The S&P 500 has now slipped back to November 2020 levels and closed a third consecutive quarter of falls for, for the index for the first time since 2009. In Japan, the Nikkei 225 fell 4.5%, despite some encouraging economic data. Concerns about the outlook for the global economy continue to weigh on markets amid worries that the increases in interest rates around the world will lead to a global recession. Worries around the UK's fiscal policy, the Ukraine-Russia conflict and Europe's energy crisis also dampened investor sentiment, as did the strengthening of the US dollar against Asian currencies. Over in China, stock markets fell as weakness in its currency and signs of a flagging economy fueled concerns about the outlook. The blue chip CSI 300 index, which tracks the largest listed companies in Shanghai and Shenzhen, fell 1.4%. Shares in Europe fell amid disappointing corporate earnings and fears of recession. The Eurostox 50 fell 0.9% during the week. The president of the European Central Bank, Christine Lagarde, said that the economic outlook is darkening and that she expects business activity to slow substantially in the coming months as high energy and food prices curb spending power and that that the central bank will continue hiking interest rates in the next several meetings in a bid to return inflation to 2% over the medium term. Inflation in the eurozone accelerated to a record 10.1% in September up from 9.1% the previous month, and another large increase is expected in October. And finally, the UK, where the FTSE 100 fell 1.8%, driven clearly by challenges in, in the UK financial markets, as well as fears of a global recession. However, more movement was fell in bond markets, where the yields on gilts, which are the bonds issued by the UK government, ended higher after experiencing swings in the wake of the new UK fiscal plan, proposing large tax cuts, energy subsidies and sizeable borrowing. Now, as a reminder, with bonds, when yields go up, the prices of bonds go down. As I mentioned, on Friday, I hosted a discussion with several experts on what had happened during the week. They began by describing last week as wild, chaotic, historic and manic. I started off by asking Samuel Toombs of Pantheon Macroeconomics why the government had gone for a growth plan. This is what he had to say. 
The economic recovery from COVID has petered out, unfortunately. The uh, economic data for the last six months have been quite disappointing. GDP appears to be you know, holding steady slightly below its pre-COVID level. So there was a need to really re-energize the recovery and help households deal with some of the financial pressures that they're facing. In particular, they've been hit you know, very hard by higher energy and food prices and have been uh, therefore, you know, um, maintaining their expenditure at a quite, quite a low level. Um, and furthermore, I think there was an acknowledgement from the government that they had been actually making the situation worse rather than better in the last six months with increasing taxes in April, uh, particularly with that national insurance hike that all workers faced. So there's certainly a, a, an emphasis on trying to get the recovery going again. And obviously that's, you know, come, the government came to this with the best of intentions, but has underestimated how the markets would respond to its plans. Of course, the details of what was unveiled uh, in the tax cuts has been covered by every news outlet in the country. But what I wanted to know was what the market reaction was like, what happened in markets, and perhaps more importantly, why. This is what Richard Booth from Western Asset Management and manager of the Omnis Global Bond Fund said about the market reaction. In this instance, um, as, as, as noted, yields have been rising, bond prices have been falling um, for, for a a fair part of this year and a lot of that has been due to inflation rising um but the, i think the reaction the, the market reaction i don't think you can really take it back to the, the it was there was a spark the event um but the actual scale and the speed of the sell-off i think was really very technical in nature um so when pension funds employ leverage and there's volatility um they got to a certain level where they would have to sell to meet cash demands and then that engendered more selling and that was why you had such a rapid reaction and that was selling across equities selling across credit and then it came to selling underlying gilts so both index linked so inflation protected bonds and nominal gilts um and that's obviously why the bank of England stepped in um at the same time there's been an increasing correlation between higher higher yields so low bond prices and currency markets so we've seen that in central eastern europe um, where the currencies weaken um, as bond prices fall um, and some degree we had that in in the uk as well um, so volatility picked up in the currency um, currencies are transactionally easier to trade often than the gilt market um, so the currency took a hit at the same time but it's a dynamic which had been observed before but in slower pace um, so we've seen sterling weakening gently bond yields rising bond prices falling but that hit a, a kind of vortex which accelerated it um post the bank of england then post the um post the the, the announcement from the government on the tax changes um so i think that's a, a lot of reaction some of it i think is is genuine some of it was before selling and the scale and speed of the moves in the market of course, all eyes have been on the Bank of England, who intervened to provide some stability, but have said that they will not review interest rate hikes until their next meeting in November. Discussing where interest rates could head from here, Tim Foster from Fidelity International, who manages the Omni Strategic Bond Fund, shared his thoughts. Things have got a little bit ahead of themselves, and I'd, I'd be amazed actually if, um, you know, we're kind of currently pricing kind of interest in the Bank of England bank rate getting up to a sort of almost you know almost six percent kind of sometime next year and I, I, I I'd be very surprised really if the economy um, you know can take that I mean a, a colleague was showing me earlier uh, HSBC's kind of current you know two-year mortgage rate at five and three quarters percent and I think a week ago that was something like 2.35 percent so um, uh, I'm sure Sam will have more to talk about this as well but it seems hard to me that you know I, I can't really see that the economy um, can, can, 
really cope with that sort of speed of increase. And I think you know the, the interplay with the, the the level of the currency is quite interesting as well because I think um, uh, you know the government and the Bank of England, yes, they should be concerned about kind of rapid or you know unruly you know moves in in the currency, but. Um, you know, they'd probably be willing, I think, to trade, um, uh, you know, lower interest rates for a bit of a bit of sterling weakness. So um, I, I'd sort of interpret maybe the Bank of England's actions this week in in, in that sense, you know, starting the long dated, um, you know, restarting the, the buying of long dated um, government bonds, you know, that that kind of helps bring bring interest rates down and interest rate expectations down. And, you know, if at the balance, it weakens the currency, that's probably not a terrible trade off for them, provided they can keep keep things orderly. You know, I think that the, 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 from a fiscal point of view, the government should really care about, they care about the interest cost on their debt. So they care about the level of interest rates. Um, they also care about the price of natural gas in sterling. So there's a bit of a nasty feedback for them if sterling weakens too quickly. But yeah, I, I definitely see the prioritization of kind of, you know, not having interest rates going up too much is probably a key thing for the, for the authorities at the moment. The moves last week put diversification into the spotlight. Usually, when equity markets fall, bonds, in particular government bonds, give you a cushion against those market falls. Now, this is something that has not happened this year, and the volatility seen in the in UK government bonds this last week was unprecedented. Colin Gallatly, Deputy Chief Investment Officer at Omnis, shared his thoughts about whether diversification is dead. Now, if you think back to... Uh to how we were describing the economic impact on equities and, and bonds. Um, equities are kind of pro-growth uh, investments. Uh, as economic growth improves, uh, you know, equity investors tend to do quite well. Um, whereas uh, for, for bond, and sorry, that means that for equity investors, as, as economic growth slows, then the outlook for equities tends to, to look a little bit less rosy. But if you're holding bonds alongside that, and slowing growth tends to go hand in hand with slowing inflation, which allows central banks to reduce interest rates, and that's quite a positive environment for bonds. Uh, the issue this time around is that even though the growth outlook is slowing or deteriorating, inflation is still high at the moment. Now, as, as Sam said, there's, um, you know, there are signs that inflation might have peaked kind of globally um, or might be peaking. And you know, there are good reasons to think that in uh, in 12 months or so, inflation you know, headline inflation numbers will be quite a bit lower than they than they currently are. But they're so high at the moment, central banks have to do something about it, or have to be seen to do something about it. So even though the growth outlook's slowing, even though there there are you know uh, grounds to be uh, to be hopeful that inflation's falling back, interest rates are high and rising, and that means that, you know, that bonds are falling alongside equities. So you know, the, the crux of the question is, you know, is this the new normal? Is this what happens? The bonds and equities uh, fall together in perpetuity from here. And I just, I just don't see that that's possible. For, for that to happen in, in my reading of things, uh, inflation has to stay high permanently. Uh, interest rates uh, don't just have to stay high, they have to keep rising as well. And I just don't see uh, how that happens. You know, we we had um, we've had several examples this morning already of uh, you know, higher mortgage interest rates um, you know, cause you to spend less money elsewhere. Uh, you're spending more money on energy. That means you're not going to the pub, going to restaurants. You're not spending money elsewhere, and that is slowing growth. 
And for me, at some point, that slowdown in growth takes inflation out with it. I don't see that you get a material slowdown in growth and inflation stays high. And in those conditions, you know, once uh, you know, when growth slows and when that has an impact on inflation, then the pressure for central banks to keep raising interest rates is removed. And then that's the time for, for bonds to shine and that diversification benefit. You know, it is still there where, uh, you know, it's definitely been challenged. You'll hear several people uh, with different opinions to, to mine, but in my view of the world, you know, the bonds absolutely have that role to play in portfolios looking forward from here. Overall, we can say that markets did stabilise towards the end of the week, but probably because of the intervention of the, of the central bank or the Bank of England. And sterling ended where it was before the tax cuts were announced. Now, Friday's discussion was really insightful for me and for those who listened live, I hope. If you weren't able to catch it live, the full video is available on our website, www.omnisinvestments.com. But before I, I, I say goodbye today, here were my takeaways from the session on Friday. From what I've heard is, yeah, markets overreacted, which is what, what we said earlier, Tim, you kind of highlighted that really well, seem to be stabilising at the moment. Bank of England has come in to kind of provide some stability. Government likely to do something, not a U-turn, but will likely to do something to try and keep those markets calm. Um, expect interest rates to carry on rising from here, but not as aggressively as the market is 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 projecting. So for me, when I take all of that, I summar I, I, I think actually expect markets to carry on being volatile over the short term but actually fundamentally over that kind of long-term horizon and when we tell when we ask when, when investors invest with with omnis we say take a minimum five-year horizon actually things look pretty good on that five-year horizon and it's part and parcel of that journey that, that that you're on so today's episode was a little bit different but i hope you enjoyed it i'll wrap it up there that's it from me today and of course i'll be back with more next week till then This podcast has been brought to you by Omnis Investments, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.